Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lenz, here with my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius. And Christian, we have arrived at the final Cinema Drip episode of the year. What a strange feeling. I am currently drinking coffee out of this abnormally huge-sized mug. And considering it's 1039 where you are in the great state of Florida, I'm I'm worried for your sleep. But, <laughs> you know, this is the Cinema Drip Podcast. That's fine. I'm kind of a badass. <laughs> well, as Christian and I shared on last week's episode and in the title to this episode, we are very excited because today, yes, today, this, this lovely day, is the first annual Drippies where Christian and I get to reflect on the year, and we're gonna we're gonna throw out some awards to some of our favorite performances and, and movies of the year that we covered on the Cinema Drip podcast. Uh, Christian, by the way, I, I just sort of chose the Drippies. I kind of picked that up myself. Any thoughts on that name, or is that is that just a keeper? Are we gonna lock that in for the foreseeable future? I really enjoyed it i mean if it had been like dumb i would have fought back <laughs> and you know that i would have fought back this is true but i th- i think that this is good this is a good way of being like these are the drips <laughs> like the drippies is the ceremony but the award itself is the drip <laughs> already mythologizing our own awards i love it so for a little bit of background on uh on this particular show Christian and I specifically took every movie that we covered for a blend of the month. And so not just a streaming recommendations episode, but every movie that got a full look as one of our blends uh, will be entered into consideration for these categories. Christian, would you mind sharing uh, with the folks at home what these categories are? So we went full Oscars mode. Uh, So we have Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Screenplay. We did not divide it into Adapted and uh, Original. It's just Best Screenplay. Best Director, Best Picture, yes. But we also threw in a couple of, not awards, but personal favorites. Our personal top five movies of the year, our favorite blend of the entire year. And uh, the recommendation movie that has caused us to create a special blend that will be featured next year. Well, not special, but basically a blend that resulted from a recommendation. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fun. We get to dive into some reflections on the year and also look ahead to next year. I think I think it'll be a good time here. So Christian and I deliberated behind the scenes and we prepared our nominations beforehand. So you won't hear us figuring that out live on air, but we will be arguing about who wins. So (laughs) that is the point of the show here. A peek behind the curtain before the envelope is opened and the winner is revealed. It's just me and Christian yelling at each other about who deserves to win. So obviously it's going to get political. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's, 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 it's going to get political. I'm sure it will at some point. You have my Venmo. You understand. <laughs> Christian, I will not be Venmoing you any money during the recording of this episode. Well, let's see how Raiders of the Lost Ark fares then. <laughs> Obviously, if you agree or disagree with any of our takes on this episode, we would love to hear it uh, in some of our uh, in some of the ways, methods of receiving feedback that we have. 
But uh, that's more for me and Christian to appreciate as we will not be back on air for a little while, which we'll, we'll share more details at the end of the episode. But at this point, without further ado, let us begin the, annu- the first annual Drippies. So yay. let's, we're going to kick it off. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that we started on a zero year because 2020... The first awards are 2021, 2021. The first awards will be on 20. The second awards will be on 2022. I like that. We did good. Uh, we're going to start off with best supporting actor. I will read off the nominees. We each kind of took charge of a specific category. Best supporting actor. I gave the preliminary shortlist and then with input from Scott narrowed it down to these five. We have Mark Rylance from the trial of the Chicago seven. Bill Murray from On the Rocks, Tommy Lee Jones from The Fugitive, Ossie Davis from Do the Right Thing, and Andrew Garfield from The Social Network. A good category. Some movies that I dearly love here with a few actors who aren't always the most iconic part of those movies, but people whose performances have definitely stood the test of time, as well as a couple of new performances that have already uh, received a lot of acclaim this year. Um, Christian, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, as I think about the uh, the winner and where my, uh, where my initial uh, allegiances may lie, I am definitely drawn towards the actual Oscar winner from this category, being Tommy Lee Jones, who won for Best Supporting Actor when uh, The Fugitive was in consideration there. Uh, what, are your, what, are your, what are your thoughts, Christian? What are your thoughts at the outset here? I am going to say this with all of the kindness of my heart. The two 2020 movies on here with Mark Rylance and Bill Murray, I think are a tier above. Interesting. Do go on, my good man. I think that Mark Rylance... Okay, so here's the thing. Aaron Sorkin is ripe. He writes for people to perform it. And it is beautiful. To be it, fair, it, most writers write for people to perform it when they're writing movies. You know what I mean, though. You can <laughs> tell, no matter what Sorkin script you're looking at, that you're watching a play. You are watching something incredibly dramatic, and Mark Rylance delivers on that with some of the funniest and most poignant lines. Now, Bill Murray, complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh, much, much more subdued and quiet, hilarious. I think that Bill Murray and Mark Rylance are my, my heart goes out to them my heart goes out to them very much so i'm and and honestly more to mark more to mark than to bill our guy mark rylance himself an oscar winner uh for bridge of spies which was a, a movie that has not really lasted in the the zeitgeist but uh he Spielberg got a lot of movie. love that year yeah so before we've we've shared who were how you know the ones that we're most excited about. So that's that's one, two, three in the order that we read off here. So Ozzie Davis and Andrew Garfield. Deservingly here, I would say. But, uh, you know, Andrew Garfield uh, does sort of get dwarfed by Jesse Eisenberg in The Social Network. And even Justin Timberlake, in a way. Um, and Ozzie Davis is giving a truly wonderful performance. But in a movie with a large ensemble cast where he is almost more of a, a bit bit player uh, he comes in for some key moments obviously but that that movie is more focused on Mookie's experience 
Uh, would you concur with those takes or, you know, you put this category together. So why were you trying to make sure they got some love? Because I think that Demayer is a character without, I mean, honestly, almost every character in Do the Right Thing without them, the movie falls apart. It just is not as good. It relies on the crucial aspect of every single member there. I think that the mayor, though, has some of the most thematic and important lines delivered very, very amazingly by Aussie Davis. Andrew Garfield, I just think if Jesse Eisenberg had not been the standout that he is in that film, we would remember more about Andrew Garfield because I think that he is so incredibly strong and solid. I agree. He, uh, with Andrew Garfield, he definitely... If this were a comedy, you know, he would be the straight man and Jesse Eisenberg would be the wacky character, you know, but because it's a serious drama about Facebook instead, you know, Jesse Eisenberg gets to be Zuckerberg and he get, get all the acclaim and uh, and Garfield as as Eduardo Severin uh, did not get as, as much acclaim. But he, you know, in that in that role as a straight man, he his role is still very important, being that person who can play off of Eisenberg, who can be a realistic and believable friend and partner to Zuckerberg. And I think he gives a wonderful performance. Um, so I'm glad he's here, but, but as you're saying, you know, not necessarily the best of the best that we got to see this year. So here's the thing. I love Tommy Lee Jones and I love him in the fugitive, but I think that the fugitive is much more Harrison Ford's film. And I think that it's possibly Harrison Ford's best performance, which is why I think that the movie relies much more on him. And I think, uh, and it, that's not fair to say who the movie relies on. It's about the strength of the individual performer. I think that Tommy Lee Jones, though strong, did not leave as memorable of an impression on that film. What are your thoughts on Bill or Mark? Just leaving Tommy Lee. He loses. He's out. <laughs> no, I, no I'm, I'm not saying he's out. I'm asking on my people. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're having fun here. Yeah. Um, so first I also wanted to, you know, I said Tommy Lee is the only one to actually win an Oscar here, but for all we know, Mark Rylance and Bill Murray could out join him in that category this year. You know, I check in gold derby, uh, Mark Rylance is actually third in the predictions right now to receive a nomination and Bill Murray is sixth. So right on the cusp there. So there is a chance that we'll be seeing them again come April or May, June, whenever this happens. April, April Christian, don't push it down the road. Um, actually, isn't it May? Doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Keep going. We're talking about the real, the real awards. You know, the the drippies here. So, Bill Murray in On the Rocks was probably my favorite part about that movie. He is so good and so game for being kind of the scapegoat, uh, being this this kind of man that Sofia Coppola is using and and playing with and having fun with, but also taking down constantly, interrogating the way that he treats women the way that he has lived his life in relationship to his daughter, especially. And Bill Murray has been a good collaborator with her over the years. And he gives another wonderful performance in on the rocks. And, and I know you love, loved him. And that's part of why you love that movie is so much. And so I would definitely uh, have no qualms uh, with, with uh, Bill Murray winning here in terms of Mark Rylance uh, again, trial of the Chicago seven, is such a large ensemble cast and there are, it's it's a movie where a lot of different people do get to have their moments and you know he has his moments in court and he gets to be the you know the weird hippie lawyer behind the scenes with the Chicago 7 and he also gets to be the serious and straight-laced person who actually knows the law in court 
Uh, and I mean, Rylance is one of those guys who, when he's in a movie, he's just so easy to watch because he's such a gifted performer and he is such a brilliant interpreter of of words and of language, like you were saying, and, and bringing characters to life. And so, I mean, as much as I would, I would prefer to slide the, actually, let me say this. I would probably still prefer to slide the award Tommy Lee Jones way, and here's why. I love Bill Murray and on the rocks, love Mark Rylance and Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, but Tommy Lee's dogged uh, U.S. Marshal is just one of those great movie, like, movie, blockbuster movie performances where he gets all the great lines and he gets to boss people around and make them get him donuts and coffee and... He gets to chase down Harrison Ford. And it's the it's the kind of performance that could be phoned in by a lesser actor, but you get someone like Tommy Lee Jones to come to it and simply knock it out of the park. So that's partially why I'm leaning Tommy Lee. Uh, um, but I, I won't be too hurt if we go with Mark or Bill. Who do you like more, Mark or Bill? In terms of uh, importance to the movie, I, they're almost equal despite uh rylance being in the cast there with or being in a larger cast um but i would probably side with bill bill murray the great bill murray so mark has an oscar tommy lee jones has an oscar bill does not yet have an oscar <laughs> if there's any justice in the world he may have one soon but does did, did bill murray take the the very first drippy given in history because though I like Mark more, I'm willing to compromise on Bill. Amazing. And with that, folks, you heard it here first. Bill Murray, the first ever winner. I'm highlighting him in our Google Doc. <laughs> the first ever winner of the Drip <laughs> for Best Supporting Actor. We know the Drippies continue. So, Scott, what's the next category? Next category, unsurprisingly, Best Supporting Actress. We'll get to show some love to uh, some of the women who uh, portrayed some supporting parts here in our, our year in movies. So uh, I actually, I'm going to read number one in the last spot. We're going to save some suspense here. So uh, the nominees are Catherine Zeta-Jones for Chicago, Kim Hunter for A Streetcar Named Desire, Frances O'Connor for AI Artificial Intelligence, Ana de Armas for Blade Runner 2049, and last but most certainly not least, Hayden Panettiere for Remember the Titans. Christian, thank you for letting me show some love to Hayden Panettiere for Remember the Titans. There's, oh, absolutely. Uh, there is one right answer for this category. I am uh, I'm intrigued as to where you'll go here, but uh, maybe as, we'll, here, we'll, uh, we'll do this. We'll do a little refresher for why, for why each person is here, and then you can, uh, you can, you can drop, drop the hammer there. So, cool. Hay Hayden Panettiere, as I said, uh, Christian, let me put her on here, and I'm very glad, mostly because I hadn't seen Remember the Titans in so long, and she is so delightful in that movie. A really, really good child performance, genuinely hilarious, and, uh, very few moments of, of bad child acting, and so I'm, I was honored to include her. Uh, <laughs> football movie month uh, wasn't the best for iconic performances, <laughs> but it bent here. Catherine Zeta-Jones uh, obviously is incredible in Chicago, performing you know her own singing and I'm sure almost all of her own dancing uh, is just a an explosion of energy when she's on the screen and is so confident and enchanting almost as Velma Kelly there in Chicago. Uh, Kim Hunter again stuck in one of these uh, these straight roles playing against other crazy people in a streetcar named Desire, but really holding her own against two titans of acting, Vivian Lee and, and Marlon Brando. 
Francis O'Connor uh, in AI. Christian, you want to you want to say some words about Francis O'Connor? Uh, there's this weird uh, deconstruction of what a mother is supposed to be and then reconstruction of what a mother is supposed to be in terms of AI. It's it's a complete dismantling of family dynamics and Frances O'Connor in terms of her shock, acceptance, reluctance, and overall myth mythologization of of the mother aspect of everything is is fantastic. Frances O'Connor is just does such a stellar job here. And lastly, I'll ask you to say something about Ana de Armas as well, because she was one that you uh, you fought for inclusion here on the on the list of nominees. I think that Ana de Armas just didn't get enough credit for that film, or maybe she did, but I didn't hear enough about her in that film. I think she's amazing. I think that w- how she managed to portray both a reluctant emotion and and not reluctance, but this sort of wonder. Again, she plays an AI hologram, and her view of the world and her view of learning to gain attraction for Ryan Gosling's character, I think just spoke so many volumes that her her storyline in that film was my favorite storyline. Yeah, she's uh, playing an AI, and yet you feel genuine pathos for when she is uh, she's taken away from, from uh, Agent K there. So, Christian, you, you said there's an obvious choice for this. Who is that obvious choice? It's Catherine Zeta-Jones, and I really don't think there should be discussion. <laughs> I'm not, uh, not too, uh, too enticed to disagree here. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones, I remember uh, discussing Chicago, was, I mean, she was one of our favorite parts of that whole movie, uh, and everything included, you know, she's one of the main draws. And her chemistry with the other people in the cast, her singing and dancing is uh, so wonderful. And just the 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 verve and uh, and dynamism that she brings to the role of Velma Kelly uh, is is spot on. So I, I definitely have no qualms there. So Catherine Zeta Jones, congratulations! Now <laughs> adding on to your Oscar statuette, you can take home the second ever drip for best supporting actress. That's right. So moving on, Scott, we are now going to reveal to the listeners what future topics will populate part of 2021. That is right. We're going to put a pause on the drippies here and share some reflections on some of the uh, streaming recommendations that we did. Uh, Christian and I gave ourselves the challenge to go back and look at the movies that we discussed briefly from the streaming recommendations, which obviously there are more than the ones that we discussed at length, but wanted to, to find a topic or a director or writer or actor, you know, somebody that we wanted to take a deeper dive with or a genre that we wanted to explore more. And so Christian, I turn to you. Uh, what future topic uh, would you like to explore next year on the Cinema Drip podcast that you, that's inspired by a movie or movies that we talked about uh, at, at some point this year? I, I know that it's quite a shock to you, Scott, but a movie that I really, really loved this year was a small, small film, Silver Linings Playbook. You may, <laughs> you may have heard me mention it once or twice, but I decided to just take one aspect of that film, and that is Bradley Cooper. 
And I think that an entire blend dedicated to Bradley Cooper, the the sweetheart shining star that he is, would be pretty awesome. Bradley Cooper is many things, but a sweetheart is not one of them. I've heard nothing but good things about Bradley Cooper. I, uh... <laughs> I would also enjoy a Bradley Cooper blend of the month, just in terms of movies that he's been in that I liked. Uh, I mean, he is Rocket Raccoon, which I assume we wouldn't do for a Bradley Cooper blend, but <laughs> that's always enjoyable. The Hangover is a uh, one of the few like truly classic comedies of the past 20 years. Definitely controversial in terms of uh, how it relates to uh, the more PC direction that comedy is moving. Um, but, I mean, The Hangover is a, a, a white frat bro classic. Uh, a Star is Born, obviously, his directorial debut. Um, and American Sniper is an interesting one that we could potentially look at. I know it's a movie that I uh, loved when I saw it in theaters a few years ago, but has uh, an interesting reputation as people think about uh, Chris Kyle and his legacy and, you know, uh, American military movies and how our, our relationships to those kinds of stories can change over time. Uh, what other movies uh, of his, you know, are would catch your eye, Christian? That we that might be worth diving into in the future. Limitless. Oh, also a good one. I haven't seen that one in, in a long time, but I remember really liking it. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, I mean, we could do American Hustle, the other David O. Russell collaboration, and he has a film that I think is coming out in twenty twenty one. This is true. He's making a biopic of Leonard Bernstein uh, as his as his follow-up to A Star is Born. So he's keeping it in the musical realm. All right, Scott. So tell us, what is, what is your future blend and what movie inspired it? So as I was looking back on all the different movies we got to talk about for streaming recommendations, there were some that were kind of obvious. You know, one of the very first movies that I recommended... And the very first episode, actually, was Inside Lewin Davis and doing a Coen Brothers marathon. Excuse, excuse, excuse you. I recommended that one. Oh, you did? Yes. What? Did you? You recommended Inglorious Bastards, and I recommended Inside Lewin Davis. You recommended Love and Mercy, and I recommended All Superheroes Must Die. Yeah, I, I could have sworn that I recommended Inside Lewin Regardless, you recommended Inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> so we could do, you know, I mean, we could split up the Coen Brothers even by time period and do, like, their early movies, their later movies. And there's just so many different directions that we could go. Obviously, would love to take a look at more uh, female filmmakers as well and could do uh, a look at some... Uh, some more Crystal Mazel's movies, although she might only have three to her name at this point. I don't know. I, so I was just thinking of all the different options we had here. Skate movies. That's That was why I was more thinking about skate movies. But ultimately, uh, I decided that I wanted to go with more of a genre. And I was inspired by Palm Springs, which we recommended on our 2020 streaming recommendations episode, to go with uh, time loop movies is the, is the uh, unofficial genre there. But inspired by the bill murray classic groundhog day which is a very good movie uh, there's also options like edge of tomorrow with tom cruise and emily blunt that rules source code there's happy death day happy death day and it's sequel, there's happy which death have, day uh, to you i have not seen either of those movies and i've heard that they are sneaky very good but i think that's just a really fun genre and that we could take a good look uh, at some other movies from it and see what they do with the concept, and um, you know, f try to try to make our personal rankings, uh, or if if we wanted to, of, of those kinds of movies. Uh, obviously, things like Source Code and Edge of Tomorrow are more action oriented. Palm Springs and Groundhog Day are more rom com. Happy Death Day to You is uh, 
playing with horror tropes. So definitely some cool movies to explore there. So look forward to a future time loop uh, blend of the month. All right, Scott, let's move on. We're back, folks. We're back at the uh, the first annual Drippies. And now we're going to take a break from actors and we're going to dive into those who are behind the camera. And we're going to discuss best screenplay. So, uh, Christian, this was once again your category. So take it away. So for best screenplay, it, it was slightly hard to, to get my shortlist together. But in the end, we ended up with Aaron Sorkin for The Social Network. Isao Takahata for Grave of the Fireflies, Bill Condon for Chicago, Spike Lee for Do the Right Thing, and Jeb Stewart and David Twohey for The Fugitive. Some great scripts here. Some all-time great scripts here, in addition to some personal favorites. Um, so, Christian, you know, as we were putting together this shortlist, and uh, as I <laughs> signed off on, <laughs> basically, I don't, I don't think we made too many changes here. Um, in terms of those that received the nomination, obviously with a screenplay, there's we've always talked about the different pieces of the screenplay that that can make a uh, you know a certain movie strong or or can sometimes hamper other movies. Things like the dialogue and the structure, and if it's an ad, ad, uh, adaptation, you know how does it adapt the material? You know what what uh, what things were bouncing around your mind? What elements of a screenplay were bouncing around your mind uh, when you were thinking on these movies and and what got them there? coveted spots on the the nominations here for the first annual drippies whose plot did i like the most whose characters did i like the most and uh honestly it was at the end of the movie which one kind of made me feel the most so i I, a huge advocate for giving screenwriters the love that they deserve so so yeah if if i can remember a line from your movie or if i can remember a character from your movie it means that something in the writing of it must have been significant to me i like it so as we look at these movies here we have some oscar front runners in the social network and chicago which won best picture uh the fugitive also nominated do the right thing one of the greatest american movies of all time grave of the fireflies a, a studio ghibli heart render <laughs> tear jerker soul crusher uh some truly great movies here but but where is your heart leaning christian where is your heart leaning i i hate saying this but i have no clue to me this is probably the hardest category of course the writer thinks this one's the hardest category you i see right through you i mean you know if uh, l- let's just do jeb so that i can send him an email hey professor <laughs> What? <laughs> Look at what we did. I gave you an award on my podcast, Professor. <laughs> also, just so unfair that you got to take classes with this guy. So lame. Freaking Northwestern. There are there are a couple of different directions. I am I'm kind of leaning towards uh I'm uh, I I I think Spike Lee might be the answer. I think Spike Lee might be the answer. I I'm definitely torn here. Because as much as I enjoy The Fugitive, and a big part of The Fugitive is the propulsive screenplay from uh, Stuart and Twoey that keeps things moving constantly. Uh, as much as I love Chicago and the way that Bill Condon adapts that uh, stage pl- or that 
you know, stage production into a movie and, and does something very different with the movie that, that I think succeeds very well. As much as I appreciate and respect Grave of the Fireflies. Who would you choose? The way that it, uh, you know, captures this experience of these two children. Um, I, I am also torn between Do the Right Thing and The Social Network, partially because Do the Right Thing, one of the greatest American movies of all time. The Social Network, uh, arguably, again, one of the greatest American movies of all time. <laughs> like both of these, uh, I, I mean, I have not seen nearly enough movies to make claims like that, but uh, just based on things that I've you heard. You can make those claims. I make those claims all the time. Well, see, here's the problem. <laughs> like there are thousands upon thousands of movies that have come from this country alone, and I have not, I have not seen thousands and thousands, and so especially some of the classics. So my, my I've seen is, at least okay. five. It's true. Uh, I've seen, seen at least these five. Seen at least this many. Uh, but I mean, when I'm putting the two up uh, with one another, I like Do the Right Thing is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a, you know, I would even say it's an important movie for me. Um, it's like a movie that challenged me in a big way the first time that I saw it. And it's, it has stuck with me since the first time that I watched it. Uh, the Social Network is just a movie that is ridiculously entertaining while also teaching us so much about the world and the internet and Mark Zuckerberg and the way that it it painted a picture of a man that he has spent a decade trying to get out from under. Uh, I, I They are both just so good. Uh, and I think if I was forced to choose, I might... You are forced to choose. I know, I am forced to choose. I might lean towards the social network partially because as i was watching that movie there wasn't a scene in that movie that i don't think i could pull out and just rewatch for fun and there are are so many good one-liners and sorkin's script manages to keep that forward momentum at a hundred miles per hour fit in all kinds of commentary about the situation that have continued to teach us 10 years down the road and that were prophetic in a way of how Facebook would grow in importance and grow to, to dominate our lives and, and influence world, the world and politics and elections. And uh, again, he created this, this version, this character of Mark Zuckerberg that we all just started to believe uh, regardless of who the real Zuckerberg was. Um, and I, I think he and Fincher, uh, and, and their one collaboration just came together at, at the peaks of their powers and created something incredible. And so I would I would maybe give it to the social network. So I wouldn't be sad about giving it to do the right thing. Okay. So my my heart leans do the right thing. Your heart leans social network. What do we do? We talk about do the right thing because it's an amazing movie. Uh, I just ranted about the social network. Uh, rant more about do the right thing, Christian. It's fantastic and it's sloppy. Like, and here's the thing, though: people think sloppy means bad. It does not. It means that it means that Spike Lee had a way of moving from one character to another, from one set of individuals to another. With all this is a takes place in one day movie, and you can feel the entire magnitude of what's going on. And he managed to put an entire world of emotions into an hour and i don't know 40 something minutes or so this this movie isn't that long and for that alone kind of the propulsive nature in a different way especially the culminating the culminating throw that spike lee's character does that i think is beautiful 
do the right thing script stayed with me the story stayed with me again it's just it's just another brilliant screenplay and it's so hard to choose between these two (laughs) i'm i would be okay if we gave it to sorkin because you're secretly in love with him sorkin you're still invited to dinner buddy (laughs) but my personal number one choice for this is do the right thing i mean honestly the all of these screenplays are phenomenal it's true but but i do think those two rise above wow the social network and do the right thing I don't know how we choose between these two. We're at an impasse. You know, actually, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to fight this and say that I think Spike should get it over Sorkin. What's the, what's the final deciding factor in your mind? I think that Spike Lee's script, from the time it came out and during the movie-watching experience that I had, transcended past the page. Go on. I think that it's not cultural relevance, I've said this before. I don't, not that I don't care if something's culturally relevant, but that it has to be good. The words on the page have to be good. And just like Sorkin and the other acclaimed screenwriters of the world, uh, uh, one of the ones that comes to mind is Charlie Kaufman. Just like a lot of what they do in their scripts is need to make every single line of dialogue or plot device fit together. All of Spike Lee's are perfectly placed you're not watching puzzle pieces come together you're watching a fully formed puzzle already there already perfect because these are two movies that i dearly dearly love and their their quality and impact uh will not be inhibited by (laughs) winning or losing this award uh i i will i will agree that we give it to do the right thing but if my professor asked me, I fought for Jeb till the very <laughs> end. Wow, the social network screenplay is so brilliant, and we just passed it up. We have to move on. Best director. Uh, continuing to focus on the people behind the camera, we have David Fincher for The Social Network, Hayao Miyazaki for Spirited Away, Steven Spielberg for AI Artificial Intelligence, Spike Lee for Do the Right Thing. And the Wachowskis for The Matrix. My beloved, The Matrix. Uh, so I g- gave the short list here for this category. And so obviously we just talked at length. It was a very long yes, short list. Yes, there are a lot of really excellent movies here. Uh, and uh, so The Social Network and Do the Right Thing, we just went off about how good they are. But Spike, as brilliant as his screenplay is for Do the Right Thing, his direction is just as good, and he's he was so young at the time. What a what a guy. Uh, David Fincher, The Social Network, is one of his best movies, and he has made some absolute bangers in his day, but again, one of the most important movies of the past 10 years, just a, a brilliant movie. Um, Spirited Away from Hayao Miyazaki. It was so hard for me to choose between uh, which of his movies I wanted to appear on this list, but I think we were in agreement that one of them should because... He, I mean, his films and Studio Ghibli have added so much to the art form of of animated movies, and Spirited Away is so much packed into one movie, and uh, Miyazaki's care and and guiding hand over that movie is uh, is obvious and uh, well-respected and appreciated. Um, We have a Steven Spielberg movie, one that I actually, I would have used the others of his that we covered, that being Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course, but Christian fought for AI, so it's only fair. 
Uh, Christian, you want to speak on uh, AI and, and his direction in particular? Why you think he deserved this instead of Raiders of the Lost Ark? Bro, you never know where that movie's going. You never know where that movie's going. There are some some wild twists and turns. And that's that's more of a script thing, though. Well, that's, that's both, but I'm not talking about the plot. I do want to talk about the consistent... There, there's, there's an innocence to AI as though it were carefully put together like a vase that's about to... That you're just so scared it's going to break and you just want to look at it. That Those are my feelings about AI. How Steven Spielberg, even when he had... What was Jude Law's name? Gigolo Joe? Gigolo Joe, yes. Like, you have a robotic prostitute, and it still feels like a children's story. It's 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 incredible to me. Uh, there are people out there, uh, Christian, you may be one of them, I'm not sure, but there are people out there who say that AI is Steven Spielberg's best movie, which is not uh, a take that I agree with, but, I mean, that movie is just an absolute beast. <laughs> And I think very few directors could have made it uh, made it as good as it is, let alone, you know, made it one of the best in their uh, their filmography there. So uh, I, I got respect. I got respect for AI. And I, I uh, you know, I'm glad that you had a, a good time with it. And lastly, of course, the Wachowskis for The Matrix. Um, again, we've discussed this ad nauseum on the show, but I am a little more prone to go the ways of culture and and. Uh, consensus than christian christian is less afraid to go against the grain for which i respect if i often will mock you for it because the matrix absolutely rips <laughs> it's an incredible action movie that is so different from every other sci-fi action movie that exists in hollywood and the fact that the wachowskis made it and then made two more of it uh, and they're going to make another of it is just so great and <laughs> keanu reeves forever may he may he always may he always live may he never die uh but Aside from The Matrix being an incredibly entertaining and enjoyable movie, I, again, as we talk about, you know, best movies of a certain period, it's one of those movies that has just enormous cultural prominence, uh, constantly, constantly quoted and parodied and used elsewhere. I mean, Christian and I come from Christian backgrounds and pastors love to love to use The Matrix. Uh, <laughs> it's like has some twisted social context now because red pilling is a thing. But uh, again, like you can you can see <laughs> just the, the prominence of that movie in the ways that it's been weirdly twisted and perverted by parts of culture. Um, the ways that they brought philosophy into these movies, which is more at home in Eastern action movies uh, and then uh, American action movies. Uh, just such a I, it it makes it still makes me sad that you're not as, as huge a fan of the matrix as i am christian because i love that movie so much and i appreciate i don't think it worked i appreciate your humility and allowing me to put the wachowskis on this list for their excellent direction entertaining i think that it's innovating but innovating to me doesn't mean it worked it just means that it innovated i think it i think in order to innovate it has to work but if you make fire and the fire is on a leaf, and it lasts for five seconds. You didn't make good fire. You might have been the one who made fire to begin with, and that's cool, but no. But as I was saying, this is a movie that has had a, a lasting cultural impact and impression, so it's a very Right, like the first person who made fire, a lot of going. people have copied them. A lot of other people are making fire now. I'm, I'm sad that you uh, you think it's entertaining, but not much more. So thank you for cool. letting me Cool. So the here. Matrix is not going to win. It's true. Um, 
AI is probably not going to win. I yes, if you're going to hold back the Matrix, I think I like AI a little more than you like the Matrix. But again, I don't think that's Steven Spielberg's best movie, uh, and, and and not even the best that we discussed on this show. That being for me, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So uh, it, yeah, I think if the Matrix doesn't win, then AI doesn't win here. So that leaves us with the Social Network, Spirited Away, and Do the Right Thing. All right. Am I crazy, or am I kind of leaning towards Spirited Away? You might be crazy. Go on. So a director tells the story with the images that are either explicitly stated or implicitly hinted at in the text. Spirited Away is all about images. Spirited Away's images overcome this plot, and it is beautiful to behold. It's if a director is supposed to tell the story with the movement, man, do the does that movie move? I'd kind of be okay with Miyazaki winning. I think that he does a brilliant job as stated um, but i think the challenge for me here is simply the quality of the social network and do the right thing as well uh where obviously i'm less prone to hot takes <laughs> than you are i'm less comfortable with them as well which i know is part of my bias um but i also think that obviously the job of the director will change depending on who you ask if you ask joel and ethan cohen it's tone management end sentence uh and if you ask someone else it's being the ringmaster of the circus that is going on with the actors and the writer and the producers and the cinematographer and the production designer and the editor and whatever other person uh you know is, is involved there and um i think in terms of spirited away it's a a movie that has miyazaki's imprint whereas uh, do the right thing obviously is uh, is deeply deeply a Spike Lee joint and is is iconically his and that's part of why it's so good it's uh, one of Spike's best movies and he's such a unique uh, filmmaker unique thinker uh the social network too just David Fincher at his absolute uh you know apex some might say that was Zodiac um I would I would still say it's the social network um just a brilliantly directed movie where he worked with Sorkin at the right time and all of these these actors at the right time and produced something unbelievable um, and prophetic and ridiculously entertaining. Uh, so I I mean I'm torn here. I, I as I can as you can tell I'm I'm more pro Fincher or Lee um, before Miyazaki, but it's also a different challenge in talking about directing an animated film versus directing a live action film. If if you're not for Miyazaki, I would vote Fincher. So you went to bat, obviously, for Spike's screenplay here. So now why are you leaning towards the social network? Uh, kind of for the same reason I went to bat. Well, the opposite reason of why I went to bat for Spike Lee. David Fincher's directing is crisp, not sloppy at all, and perfectly managed. Oh, I mean, Spike Lee's directing is also perfectly managed it, it it's beautiful but there's almost like a certainty to david fincher's work to the social network in particular where he and and to the i mean the the one fincher movie well I, there are a couple of fincher movies i like more than the social network but i i believe zodiac is his masterpiece the, this this uh you know that Every single thing is incredibly precise in the way that Fincher wanted it to look. And that is definitely true here in the social network. So I would I would go social network. We have a we have a consensus here. Spike takes the screenplay award, but Fincher and the social network take 
the Direction Award. Much love to Hayao Miyazaki. He is a brilliant man and one of the most important filmmakers of all time. So we, we do we do show him homage uh, for what he has deserved there. All right, Scott. So now we're going to go into what our favorite blend of the yes. year was. Yes, your next commercial break, folks. And I just want to do that, uh, just a quick uh, revisiting of all the different movies that we got to discuss on the show. Um, so we kicked it off with a Harrison Ford blend of the month, and we discussed Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Fugitive, and both Blade Runner movies. After that, Christian led the way into AI, and we discussed AI, Artificial Intelligence, The Matrix, and Wally. What a movie, Wally. Uh, after that, we did Spike Lee, and we discussed Do the Right Thing, Four Little Girls, and The Five Bloods. Got to talk about a 2020 movie for the first time there. From there, we went into Based on a Play and did three very different movies, A Streetcar Named Desire, Chicago, and Rabbit Hole. After that, we went into Studio Ghibli, where we did Grave of the Fireflies, Spirited Away, and Princess Mononoke with Paul Yoder. What a guy. What a guest. Uh, after that, we got to do Football Month, my beloved Football Month, where we discussed uh, Christian's favorite movie of all time, Draft Day, Remember the Titans, and Any Given Sunday, into Aaron Sorkin Month, uh, where we did The Social Network, A Few Good Men, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. After that, we wrapped up the year with our Sofia Coppola blend of the month, where we discussed Lost in Translation, Marie Antoinette, and then On the Rocks. So, Christian, honestly, in in view, in view of everything here, we got to talk about a lot of really good movies. This was a very, very fun year uh, in terms of getting to watch some classics like A Streetcar Named Desire and uh, Do the Right Thing, getting to see some new movies, getting to see some movies that were new to me, things like Any Given Sunday and Marie Antoinette. Um, you know, as you think about that list there, before we share our favorite blends, um, what other movies stand out to you, even if they aren't winning awards on the drippies here? What movies? Yeah, like, you know, any particular discoveries that you loved, any uh, any letdowns or disappointments from the year? You know, the month of September is just a blur. <laughs> Uh, I, I had to, uh, but that was football month, folks. In case you weren't tracking at home. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, I am very, very glad that we did Sofia Coppola month. It was quite wonderful getting to see what work she's been able to do and her style of screenwriting as well. Yeah, I was glad to catch up with her movies as well I've, I've seen a few of them and now i've seen i think most of them there are, there are definitely a few to catch up with i'll probably try to watch a uh is it called a very bill murray christmas what is it a murray christmas <laughs> a very murray christmas a very Murray christmas i'll probably try to watch that uh, at some point in the next few weeks here but i'm definitely glad we got to spend some time with her as well got to see a few new studio ghibli movies i had seen spirited away and spirited away alone so definitely glad to see grave of the fireflies and princess mononoke but if you had to choose a favorite blend Scott, indeed, what would indeed it be? we must i so i just looked at all the blends and saw where i laid star ratings what movies got you know uh fours four and a halfs and fives out of fives from me and it's this was a hard one because so many of these marathons were so good um but i think the best just from start to finish my favorite from start to finish would have to be our very first one harrison ford raiders of the lost ark one of my favorite movies of all time the fugitive a harrison ford classic that i had not yet seen that i absolutely loved 
And then Blade Runner is another movie that I loved. I've seen it many times at this point, and I'm a big fan. And it was very fun to revisit Blade Runner 2049. I like both of those movies uh, for, for very different reasons. And so the rest of the year definitely wasn't a letdown. I don't mean to say that. Um, I just really... We started off so strong. <laughs> I just uh, I just really love Harrison Ford, and I, I love getting to watch more of his movies. So that was one of my favorites. Uh, and honestly, my the other month I was weighing is your pick, Christian. So go ahead and tell folks uh, your favorite blend of the month. Studio Ghibli. It, it, it just, it was the greatest view of all three of the, it, it was the highest bar set, like the average rating that I gave those movies was much higher than the rest. And also, uh, I think the greatest dive into cinema, where it was like, I, I had seen two out of the three films before, but diving into it with these, this kind of joy and the expectations of whisk me away to whatever world you want to whisk me away to. So, you know, that's, yeah, it's got to be that. All right, let's get back into the drippies. Yes, back into the drippies. We turn back to uh, our beloved actors here. We'll get to discuss our best actor and best actress. So for best actor, I put this category together and it was Harrison Ford for The Fugitive, Bill Murray for Lost in Translation, Haley Joel Osment for AI, Artificial Intelligence, Delroy Lindo for Defy Bloods, and Jesse Eisenberg for The Social Network. Uh, with an honorable mention to Keanu Reeves uh, in The Matrix. <laughs> and I honestly, I, I threw in two more honorable mentions. Denzel Washington for Remember the Titans. And Spike Lee's Mookie. I maintain that I think that he did a phenomenal job acting into the right thing. See, uh, Spike Lee's acting. You know, you, you know, he's a brilliant writer and a brilliant director. And he's also an actor. But... Uh... <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> No, I, I think Mookie's a really great character. Uh, Spike is just obviously not the best actor in that movie, but his performance doesn't bring it down. Uh, <laughs> but uh, those those competing opinions of ours, you know, that's why he's on the honorable mention list and not in the top five there. So, Christian, as you look at that top five list, actually, I think that's exactly how you feel about Keanu in uh, The Matrix, where I think he's unbelievable, irreplaceable. <laughs> you would put almost anyone in the, in the role except him. Am I wrong? No, not almost anyone. Oh my gosh! All right. So now, looking at that list, we have a uh, we have a previous drippy winner making his second appearance from the same marathon, Bill Murray. We have another child performance, Haley Joel Osment, who is unbelievable in AI. Uh, we also have another performance from this year, Delroy Lindo in *The Five Bloods*, um, and some others that have come up uh, because we discussed their co-stars. So, Christian, you know, what's your what are your first thoughts as you look at this list? Okay, I have someone I'm going to go to bat for. I'm going to go to bat for Haley Joel Osment in AI. I saw this coming. <laughs> go to bat for him, Christian. What Haley Joel Osment manages to do as a robot learning emotions. This seems to be a theme because I just said this about Ana de Armas. What he manages to do, how he manages to discover not hatred, but anger. And how the entire thing is 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 this huge epic quest. You see the understanding and the confusion. They're opposites of each other, but he's managing to show both of them in his quest to 
to get his mom back. That, that, I don't know, that innocence, that also confidence. Man, this boy could act. Man was, he, and here's the thing. I know when someone can act, when they are towering over the people around them. And that's not a requirement. But dang, did Haley Joel, like, I don't know who else was in. I do know who else was in this movie, but whoever this this boy took it from him. It was so unbelievable to watch AI and keep reminding myself that Haley Joel Osment was like not even a teenager when he was making this movie. <laughs> like he had already been nominated for an Oscar for The Sixth Sense and somehow didn't get a second nomination for this movie. He carries this movie on his back. He is in what. 90% of it not all of it you know he's not in literally every scene but in almost all of this movie and he absolutely carries it as a child goodness gracious when I look back on what I've done in my life um, so uh, and again some truly iconic performances here um, from the adults who we have also nominated uh, as we mentioned Harrison Ford in The Fugitive is so good again carrying that movie the propulsion comes from the script but also from his dogged performance uh, Bill Murray got an Oscar nomination for Lost in Translation, and uh, he is a obviously a key part to that movie. It's probably not as good if it's not him, uh, alongside Scarlett Johansson. Delroy Lindo is the standout performer of Five Bloods and has received a ton of love uh, from from people this year, and I, I definitely hope that he gets some more love come Oscar nominating at time. And as we already discussed, Jesse Eisenberg played mark zuckerberg so well uh, no matter how realistic the portrayal was that zuckerberg has spent a decade trying to get out from under its influence so we really do have some amazing amazing performances here uh, if we if we were to say it's Haley joel versus someone else who you know who's that second place finisher for you christian i don't actually i don't even know if Haley joel is like the runaway winner for you you know who else is is competing in your mind here uh delroy lindo yeah okay so good <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about him staring into my soul uh, as he addresses the camera it's between those two for me and here's the thing though delroy lindo doesn't have he's not carrying the entire movie on his back it's more like he takes whoever is carrying the movie pushes them and takes the movie from them to carry it instead that's what it felt like when he delivered his closing monologue but I, I do go to bat for Haley Joel Osment. So I'm a little bit torn because, I again, I think Jesse Eisenberg is so good in The Social Network. And that's a movie that I deeply love and have gone to bat for many times in this podcast already. Uh, but I, I'm pretty comfortable um, having Haley Joel and Delroy being our, our sort of two finalists here. But Christian, I got to say, as I was looking at this category before the show, uh, my heart was my heart was telling me Haley Joel Osment. What about your heart, Christian? What is your heart saying? My heart tells me that Haley Joel Osment just won. <laughs> oh, man. We looked at four incredible actors, all of whom are Oscar-nominated or will be Oscar-nominated. Uh, and we chose we chose the lad. We chose the boy. <laughs> Who, of course, Haley Joel nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> so let's get Delroy Linda some love, uh, Academy. But Haley Joel Osment, my, my beloved uh, voice of Sora in the Kingdom Hearts series. <laughs> which I will bring up on as many episodes as I can, I guess. Uh, the fact that he carried this movie nearly entirely on his shoulders. Um, and not only that, but in a very challenging performance as an android who is trying to be human. Uh, just, it's it's brilliant work. It's unbelievable. And it makes me question, 
uh, all my life choices because he is so young when he made that movie. So Haley Joel, the inaugural winner of the uh, the Drippy for Best Actor. We move on. The Drip. The Drip for Best Actor here of the Drippies. We move on to Best Actress. Christian, take it away. For Best Actress, our nominees are Scarlett Johansson for Lost in Translation, Renee Zellweger for Chicago, Nicole Kidman for Rabbit Hole, Vivian Lee for A Streetcar Named Desire, and Carrie Ann Moss for The Matrix. Let's go Carrie Ann Moss for The Matrix! <laughs> I think I was the one who made this category, It's right? true. I was, so, I was so surprised that The Matrix got any love from you uh, without me forcing you to say it. So obviously a very great list here and uh, one where I'm glad Carrie Ann appears, but also there's some stiff competition. You can choose any one of two people and you will be correct. Well, let's see here. Let's suss this out. So Scarlett Johansson, uh, you know, not quite her, maybe not her breakout role. She had a few movies to her name before Lost in Translation, but certainly one that continued her rise to stardom. A really wonderful performance and a really quiet and introverted role, uh, which obviously was not always her defining trait as an actor. Thinking of her as, you know, Black Widow and the Marvel movies and uh, and some, some of her other performances. Uh, Renee Zellweger. Wonderful co-star with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones in Chicago uh, as, as Roxy Hart. Nicole Kidman, who uh, <laughs> has recently been continuing to explore traumatized mothers on HBO in, in uh, TV shows like Big Little Lies and The Undoing, but <laughs> uh, kicking off her fascination with traumatized mothers in Rabbit Hole. Really, really good performance and a really interesting movie, uh, one that we had some differing opinions on. Vivian Lee, again, titan of acting from classic Hollywood, who gives a brilliantly again slowly losing her mind performance uh, in a street card and desire some classic sensibilities there in terms of <laughs> what losing your mind looks like but it's still an interesting and challenging character um and, and she has to act across marlon brando which is never easy and then carrie ann moss who is this badass action heroine giving a wait 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 wait, wait. marlon brando who was not nominated by us i know it was that was uh you know we didn't we didn't uh, or received an honorable mention i know uh, uh, we did not get to get to go in depth into that stanley kowalski marlon brando like there are people there are people out there who would unsubscribe from this podcast because of that decision (laughs) people who know classic hollywood and have uh, respect and appreciation for the greats like marlon brando and again i mean he's so good in that movie uh it's just that he he was not among our personal favorites i should i guess i could say uh that also that movie itself was not among our personal favorites so it it felt (laughs) right uh to to discuss the ladies of the movie but not necessarily need to go in depth for uh for Brando as, as good as he is. And, uh, you know, as as Oscar dominated as that role was, I'm not going to tell you who my two options are for you. You have two options. Interesting. Who do you want to win or think? Well, uh, I really enjoy Carrie Ann Moss, uh, in the matrix, as you could imagine. Uh, she's another one of those people who, uh, uh, she has not had as many starring roles as of late. Uh, the Matrix was definitely one of the uh, peaks of her career. Um, but she sort of seems to me like the person who, you know, there's always somebody at the Oscars who's, they're just glad to be there, just glad to be nominated, <laughs> really in contention for the award. Uh, and for me, that, that it might be Carrie Ann Moss for this category here. And so now whittled down to four, uh, I'm torn. 
because again, all of these are really great performances. Um, I think uh, as good as Nicole Kidman is, again, Oscar nominated for that role. Um, the only nomination for Rabbit Hole. Um, but I, as I think about the others, um, you know, not the one that stuck with me most, uh, that being Nicole Kidman. I think if I had to choose, I would turn to the uh, two Oscar winners in this category, those being Renee Zellweger and Vivian Lee. Uh, show some respect to classic Hollywood. <laughs> That's what we were just talking about how we didn't do. Um, and also uh, show more love to Chicago because it's a great movie. Mostly, uh, not mostly, there's so many parts of Chicago that still work that are still great. And I think Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones' performances are very key to the success. So I'm leading Zellweger and Lee. What are you leading, Christian? You got one out of the two. I figured I would. Uh, for me, it is Scarlett Johansson or Renee Zellweger. Do go on. I think that Scarlett Johansson gives one of the most intrinsic, internal, physical performances that moved me to the point where I had to keep myself not from crying, but from blinking a lot. It's beautiful. It is It is beautiful what she's doing. And to at the end of the movie i was like i don't know what has happened to her but i hope she's okay and and to me this is the thing if you get me to care about your character you've said this about me on this podcast before i will i would die for them i i will go i think i wrote down in my notes scarlett johansson till i die (laughs) renee zellweger is just incredible and we gave the award to Catherine Zeta-Jones, but to me, honestly, the cornerstone of Chicago is Renee Zellweger. It is her, and and even her voice, well, it's like, the, when she sings the name on everybody's lips, it's going to be, and then she pauses and then says, Roxy, and this enthusiasm and ability, she can sing. She has proven it in many a movie that she can sing. And she is is one of those people who who it, it, uh, her character is someone who wants to claw at you to get you to like them. But for me, it's like, girl, you already got me to like you. I don't know what else you want from me. I guess she wants this award because it is it it is good. I uh I also realized that I misspoke. She did not actually win for Chicago. Um, that was uh, that was incorrect. She lost to Nicole Kidman that year, actually. <laughs> Renee Zellweger. <laughs> yes, she. that was her second nomination and second loss. Uh, she went on to win later in her life. Uh, but, again, uh, yes, a performance that we both really love there. I think, you know, obviously, like, this isn't our full-time job or even our part-time job. And so it's hard sometimes when we don't always have the ability to go back and rewatch these movies and, and get a sense of all these performances and... It's it's hard to, it's been hard to choose some of these where it, it didn't seem so obvious, um, and I honestly wouldn't be disappointed um, giving more love to Chicago and to Renee Zellweger because, as I said, um, even though it's hard to recall some of these performances, especially with Scarlett Johansson being a little bit fresher in mind because we just talked about Lost in Translation, I know that I definitely admire that performance. It's on this list uh, because we both you know signed off on it, but I I would be pretty pretty happy with uh, Renee walking away with uh with a drip here so I'm, I'm good i'm good with that if you're good with that christian i'm good with that renee zellweger congrats now nicole kidman loses to you so christian 
Before we turn our eyes on the best picture of the year, we thought it prudent to give folks a little bit of an insight into how we will argue about that category, as we will now give our respective top fives of the year. So again, top fives of movies that we discussed on this show uh, for the Cinema Drip episodes, not the streaming recommendations episodes. And both of our lists are very good. I think yours is more representative of of your personal tastes and, you know, your your freedom to break from the consensus because I'm a slave to it sometimes. I, I acknowledge that. But um, I know that looking at my list, aside from a couple options there, I know that we're, we are uh, of the same mind on how good they are. So uh, there's only one movie that is on both of our lists, but um, uh, we, from what I can tell, uh, we, you know, we, we don't have too many... Uh, not where you'll get mad at me. <laughs> at least where the world uh, won't already know where you get mad at me. So, um, Christian, would you like to do the honors of reading your top five list? Yes. At number five, I have The Five Bloods. At number four, I have Do the Right Thing. At number three, I have Grave of the Fireflies. At number two, I have Wally. And smack dab at number one, I have AI artificial intelligence. So when we were putting these lists together, that was a true surprise to me, as I was not expecting that to be Christian's number one. So which one did you think would be my number one? Just out of curiosity. Um, as I look back at this list, hmm, yeah, I thought it would be Draft Day. Um, maybe the matrix. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I figured that Sorkin would have uh, played a larger role in your top five list as none of his movies made it onto your top five list. Um, and the, the social network was probably the closest to making it to my top five list. Yeah. And I guess I, our discussion on AI was just so long ago that I forgot uh, how much you loved it. Uh, and so Again, surprised to see it see it reach reach the top there. All right, uh, Scott, you do your top five list. We've already talked in depth about each one of these movies, so you do your top five list, and then we'll kind of let's just give some general thoughts about what made these top five lists what they are. Let's do it. So at number five for me is Spirited Away. Number four, The Matrix. Number three, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number two, Do the Right Thing. And number one, this social network. I'm kind of surprised, and I'm continuing to be surprised that you're choosing the social network over Do the Right Thing. I kind of thought Do the Right Thing would be your number one. I mean, yeah, I surprised myself. <laughs> I again, I uh, I know that these are very consensus picks, um, and I know that these are you know these are movies that appeared on best of the year lists for their years their movies some like raiders of the lost ark that have lived on for decades now as a beloved hollywood classic uh movies that like if it's a social network that are taking best of the decade spots do the right thing best of like the last 50 years like i, I understand that mine are very consensus but i i also genuinely love each and every one of these movies and as i mentioned raiders of the lost ark and do the right thing are some of my favorite movies of all time um, the reason that the social network, I put at the number one spot as I was just thinking about, um, do the right thing versus the social network. I know for me, do the right thing 
was a movie that I dearly loved and it stayed there uh, for me. But The Social Network was a movie that I went from remembering it was good to realizing how incredible it actually was. And so just with this momentum that I had for it, I wanted to give it the top spot for my favorite movie uh, of this year in Cinema Drip. If I were to put together my list of you know my top whatever movies of all time, uh, I, have, I have no idea where those two would figure uh, against one another. But for now, in terms of thinking about our lists for this year, our favorites of this year, I think the social network slightly edges do the right thing for me. What I can say about your list is that each one of these breaks new ground in one way, shape, or form. You can't be an animator, watch Spirited Away, and not come away thinking, what the hell am I doing? You can't work on visual effects, watch The Matrix, and not come away thinking, I'm doing something wrong. All of these have inspired countless people to do stuff, so... I, I will say that about your list. It's true. And I, I also would say, as I look at that list, all of those movies are movies that I have seen multiple times. And so these are movies that have uh, already had a place in my heart and it was either confirmed or increased <laughs> in my in my estimation. What about you, Christian? What what informed uh, you know your decision making? Did you anything you saw? I know that Defy Bloods, obviously, but anything else you saw for the first time that's on this list? That I saw for the first time? Yeah. AI. There you go. Do the right thing. There's three of these I watched for the first time. So the here's my thing. A movie has to be engaging for me. A movie has to be well paced and uh, like whatever a movie does, I have to like it. I have to care. Like I have to care about your characters, and I have to care about this plot. Or maybe if there's no plot, I need to care about who's in it. And if there are very underdeveloped characters i need to care about the plot all of these do that uh, in any in, in in incredible format to five bloods incredible plot do the right thing incredible characters grave of the fireflies characters whom oh man oh man for grave of the fireflies wally you can't tell me you don't care about wally oh i love him i love him so much and but for AI, it was ten out of ten plot for me, and ten out of ten Haley Joel Osment. So I walked away from that movie thinking, "Damn, that that touched me. Like that touched me. It moved me, and I can't believe I was able to witness it." So yeah, that's that's why AI takes it for me. Haley Joel Osment, blend of the month when. Um, <laughs> honestly, part of the fun of doing this show with you, you know, before we choose our best picture for the year is discovering movies and, and watching things for the first time. And so getting to see something like AI, artificial intelligence, which is a movie that, you know, as we're, you know, serious film fans, I guess, uh, like I would just call, I would call myself a cinephile. I, I don't know if you would identify with that label Christian, but a person who loves movies, you know, so, so many of these movies that I saw for the first time, I would say are important movies to see for the first time. Something like AI being this like hidden Steven Spielberg masterpiece Four little girls being a Spike Lee documentary as opposed to his fiction filmmaking that uh, touches on an issue of civil rights in, in his uh, in his unique way. A Streetcar Named Desire, this Hollywood classic with all-time great performers like Marlon Brando and Vivian Lee. Princess Mononoke, this beautiful Studio Ghibli epic. Draft Day, you know, all these important movies that we got to see for the first time. <laughs> oh, Christian, I'll, I will never, never stop loving the fact that I forced you to watch Draft Day. 
But again, uh, I getting... watched it with my roommates. Yep. Yeah, you did, and they they were with me. They get it. <laughs> but it, but I know I know that movie in many ways is not actually good. The reason that I like it is because of it's like enjoyably bad. But again, like getting to uncover these kinds of movies and watch them for the first time uh, is so fun. And even something like Rabbit Hole, which is a movie that I think. I liked a little bit more than you and otherwise didn't make a huge impression on us. Again, just, just a, chan- a chance to, to watch Nicole Kidman be awesome is always appreciated and see early Miles Teller. You know, it's, it's just fun discovering these movies and it makes me really happy that something you watched for the very first time it made its way onto your top five list all the way to the top spot. So that's pretty awesome. And I'm glad that we can celebrate that here on this show. It's time, Scott. It's time. Our Best Picture nominees. And the nominees are, uh, did you want to say something beforehand? I think I know who's going to win. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Christian, let's do this. Uh, let us let us read these movies in an alternating fashion. So I will read the first one and you the second one and then so on. Are you ready? Yeah. Best picture nominees are Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wally. The Matrix. Do the Right Thing. Chicago. Spirited Away. Princess Mononoke. The Social Network. Grave of the Fireflies. AI Artificial Intelligence. That's right. The entire Studio Ghibli blend of the month made its way onto the list. As did the entire AI blend. Oh, that's true. Look at that. Uh, Ten great movies, um, most of which we both dearly loved. Some of which uh, more more one-sided affection that got it on uh, on the list there. But uh, as we consider this list, uh, before we work our way to the top, Christian, there are definitely a few movies on here uh, where one person placed them there uh, with the acceptance of the other. So for me, those movies, as uh, can uh, you know, as can be expected, are Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Matrix, two uh, classics, so to speak, uh, great action adventure blockbuster stories that I hold dear, and Christian, uh, you you do not hold as dear but you are in your in your endless grace and humility allowed their presence on the best picture list yeah i'm i'm very very good <laughs> and uh i would also say the movies for you uh, that i would not have put on this list but that made it here are grave of the fireflies and ai artificial intelligence obviously appearing on your top five list there at one and three respectively you know if we were going to have raiders and the matrix my three and four make it it was only fair to have all the movies uh, featured there uh make an appearance on this list so that leaves us with raiders of the lost ark wally do the right thing actually not raiders of the lost ark i read that wrong that leaves us with wally do the right thing chicago spirited away princess mononoke and the social network we haven't talked about wally at all <laughs> we're not choosing princess mononoke <laughs> we've barely talked about princess mononoke we have not talked about wally at all so those two are now are now stepping out of the competition christian say something nice about wally and, and say something nice about princess mononoke <laughs> bro get yourself a woman who can turn her arm into a gun <laughs> uh and bro get yourself a woman who can ride a wolf that is actually a a, a god of some kind yes <laughs> Um, but again, two animated movies that we hold very dear. Wally naturally appearing at number two on Christian's list. Princess Mononoke uh, not appearing on either of our top fives, but being one that we both loved dearly. 
Um, and I, I'm glad that they appear on this best picture list. Um, we may have, you know, there might be something where I'll look back at this list and be like, how did we not include this on the best picture list? But it's neither here nor there. Those movies are both great. Uh, any other thoughts on Wall-E or Princess Mononoke, Christian? No. Although Paul will be sad. Poor Paul. We love you, Paul. Thanks for being on our Christmas episode as well. You're the man. Uh, now that leaves us with Do the Right Thing, Chicago, Spirited Away, and The Social Network. Uh, obviously, we've talked about all of these movies quite a bit, but I'm thinking that Chicago might be taking fourth position here. Do you agree? It has one, two acting categories, but yes. Yes. A... a brilliant best picture winning musical one that uh, in terms of consensus which i'm always the guilty party in going with the consensus nowadays it's kind of considered one of the average best picture winners from the last you know however many years but i i still think that it's awesome so i've i have no problems putting chicago it. inside it is it is very entertaining wonderful performances and a great again reinterpretation of the source material um we had a good time talking about it if you want to go listen to us talk even more about it of course there are episodes dedicated to all of these movies so that leaves us with uh, relative big three here in terms of movies that we loved uh, and, and some obviously shared love there on our top five lists. Uh, we're left with, wait, wait, wait. It's Do the Right Thing, Spirited, Spirited Away, Away, and, and the, the Social, Social Network. Network. Yes. At this point, I would put Spirited Away at number three. Uh, I don't know what you would do, but. Yeah. And also most of what we've done before has been a showdown between Do the Right Thing and <laughs> the Social Network. It's true. Uh, so, uh, Hayao Miyazaki, thank you, sir, for your brilliant films. We are so glad to include them on this list. Uh, we are better people because we got to see them. Uh, Spirited Away is funny and moving and charming and sweet and brilliant and challenging. Uh, all, all these many things. Uh, it is just a very, a, a, a very damn good movie. Uh, and I'm glad that it's our, our third place winner here uh, for movies that we discussed in 2020 so that leaves us with the showdown we have been visiting throughout this episode do the right thing and the social network two movies as discussed that have been acclaimed by critics around the world and at home here in the us of a acclaimed by christian and myself uh, i just shared about how the social network barely snagged the top spot on my favorites list but christian there's only one movie that's on both of our top five lists for the year, and that is Do the Right Thing. So we now have two incredible films to choose from here. But where is your heart leading you? Where is your heart right leading thing. you, Christian? It's, it's leading me to do the right thing. This was working its way beautifully into us having a moment where one of us just tells the other, like DeMayer tells Mookie, to always do the right thing. <laughs> But as I look at this list, as I reflect, as we talk for well over an hour at this point, I feel that it would be proper to give Spike Lee uh, the, the award that he should have gotten uh, all those years ago and give him Best Picture for Do the Right Thing. As much as I revere the social network and as I just talked about how it snatched the top spot, what a movie Do the Right Thing is. And again, we, we both put it on our top five lists at two and four respectively. So in terms of averages... Um, you know, Social Network is one and six, of course, but splitting hairs. They're both three. <laughs> so I have uh, I have no problems there. Any uh, any final... The Social Network isn't number six for me. Oh, I thought you said it was. I thought you said it was, like, just outside your list. Not at six. Do you know what's at six? 
at six is either Chicago or on the rocks. I wouldn't want to say that the social network is like eight on the rocks over the social network. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious, sir. That's what I say to you and your opinions that you are allowed to have. <laughs> but do the right thing. You win. So, wow. We have a winner. And with that, we are we are, we are are wrapping up the first annual Drippies here. Uh, Christian, let's look back here at our awards here. We started the night with Best Supporting Actor and Actress, and we gave... Best Supporting Actor to Bill Murray for On the Rocks and Catherine Zeta-Jones for Chicago. We then went to Best Screenplay and Best Director. We gave Best Screenplay to Spike Lee for Do the Right Thing and Best Director to David Fincher for The Social Network. We went back to the actors and we gave Haley Joel Osment Best Actor for AI Artificial Intelligence. And we gave Best Actress to Renee Zellweger for Chicago. And now at Best Picture, Do the Right Thing takes it. Indeed it does, and it feels so right. Uh, a, a truly incredible movie. Um, one that even looking at the events of our um, our country this year uh, continues to teach, continues to challenge, continues to invite us into understanding. Um, and I am immensely grateful for that movie, uh, aside from the fact that it's entertaining and brilliantly made. It also is, I think as you, you use this to describe the screenplay, but it's a word that I use to describe the whole thing. It's just transcendent. It, it goes beyond, uh, you know, being just a movie. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, one of the highest examples of what, of what great cinema can do. And so I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy that Do the Right Thing is our Best Picture winner there. I am incredibly happy that do the right thing one so christian here is to a great first year of the podcast not a full 12 months uh, but still a great first year of the podcast all right well scott tell the people when we're gonna have an episode next i sure will so folks we are doing our our big end of the year show right now because christian and i are taking a break for the holidays i would say much needed but it's not really needed <laughs> this is a this is a fun part of our lives we're just taking a break from the regular responsibility of watching movies uh for the show and making the recordings uh which a huge huge shout out to christian he does all of our editing and uh i'm, I'm deeply appreciative of that um and so we're taking a break through the holidays and we will be back with a vengeance in January as we will kick off the new year of the cinema drip podcast. And we are going to kick off year two of cinema drip on January 8th. And we will be discussing our top movies of 2020. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll do a, a long top 10 episode or if we'll do a, our shared top fives or what that will look like. We'll see come January 8th, but we're taking about a month off. And we will we will return in January to discuss some of 2020's finest. I look forward to it. I look forward to it as well. And it'll be good just to uh, just to be friends, encouraging each other to watch movies, not forcing them to watch movies. <laughs> uh, it'll be good to return to that mode for just uh, just a month or so. Uh, as always, folks, if you've made it to this part of the show, Christian and myself are deeply, deeply grateful that you have listened to us rant about the movies that we loved this year for a very long time. But thank you so much for your time and listening, and thank you for your support. If you wouldn't mind, there are a couple ways that you could support this podcast to help us reach new listeners. Um, every five-star rating you leave us on Apple Podcasts helps us find new people. And 
when you download and listen, you're doing that as well. So continue to spread the word, share with your friends, uh, and feel free to drop us a line at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. As stated, we've shared some reviews and uh, emails sent to us on the podcast. We've shared that with uh, with other people here. So we'd love to get your feedback on the show. If you think we stepped at a line with our awards here and we totally should have given Bill Murray the Best Actor, not Best Supporting Actor award, then man, you got to let us know at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow Christian and myself on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we watch. We'd love to engage with you there. Christian, any other final thoughts for the people? Final, final thoughts for this year before we uh, we return in 2021? <laughs> I have an idea for a movie and a blend, and you're not going to like it. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to all your wacky ideas, Christian. But we're going to leave the listeners in suspense They'll have to come back and catch all of our ideas for blends of the month in the uh, the new the new year. So for the last time in 2020, until we meet again, I'm Scott. He's Christian. Stay safe out there, folks. Happy holidays. And this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast. <laughs>